want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit? Are you in need of an uplifting message? It's time for today's Uplift, encouraging words and biblical truths to help you find freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. So good evening, guys, and, and the three musketeers are all here tonight. We have all three of us. Next week, we're going to have none of us. <laughs> but you get to you get next week. You get to watch a kind of like a best of, or I think you're going to show what our most popular episode next week, Phil. That's correct. So if you want this episode to be the most popular, watch it over and over again. No, I'm just <laughs> and share it and share it with your friends. Yeah. And even if they're not your friends, share it th with them too. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah so next week I'm going to determine which one was the most viewed, and that's the one we're going to show next Thursday night. That's so taking a break. That's great. Yeah, because the the recording of it will fall on the week of Fourth of July, and yeah. and me at least Phil and I aren't going to be here and we didn't want to stick Robert with doing the whole thing by himself. <laughs> even, though, that. even though he would rock, absolutely rock it and probably go five hours and yeah. <laughs> not skip a beat. Yeah, <laughs> but, I, need, I need somebody to put me under control. Like relax, dude, you just got to calm down. <laughs> your wife, your wife would come in and drag you out. That's right. <laughs> she, she would keep, she would be the one that would keep you under control. <laughs> Uh, she would just probably keep me keep me fed. She'd there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So tonight we want to talk about, and, and we're going to keep this uplifting. We're, we'll, 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 God will help us figure that out as we go. But we want to talk about deliverance. And what kind of uh, kicked this topic off is um, there. There's a, uh, a a lady that I've followed for a few years named Wanda Alger. She has a YouTube channel, and her and her husband are pastors at a church in Winchester, Virginia. And uh, I, I always really enjoy listening to her stuff because she really kind of, uh, she's very prophetically gifted, and, and she has a close relationship with God in terms of listening to him and, you know, talking about things that he tells her and and she has a bunch of training courses for, you know, trying to help people discern and the prophetic gifting and all that. And uh, I, I've always just enjoyed watching her stuff. She's just a very level-headed, um, you know, calm, steady voice that, uh, you know, I've found very valuable over the last few years. But she found herself in a situation where uh, she had a... a, a I guess most people consider it a fairly minor medical problem, but was very annoying. Uh, it, it wasn't life-threatening or anything like that, but it it definitely impacted her. And um, in her her as part of her prophetic gifting, you know, she really sought God in this, and He, you know, basically uh, spoke to her and said you've got some stuff that you've opened yourself up to because you've kind of wandered off the path and you, you've kind of researched and dug into stuff that I didn't particularly want you to. And you've opened yourself up to listening to way too much, um, just news and chatter and fake news and all kinds of stuff. And, and she got off the path 
in an innocent sort of way, but she got off the path and she basically at one point broke down and said, God, I don't feel like I can hear you anymore. And he, you know, and so she took a few months sabbatical and God kind of really started working in her in amazing ways from a deliverance standpoint was not easy to say the least. Uh, You know, she walked through some pretty difficult um, squeezing, let's call it, where God was pressing. So she asked God and he responded by pressing so hard into her life that there was some painful squeezing out of some things in her life that she had to kind of be delivered from over these last few months. And I think that uh, it's an interesting topic for us and one that I know Phil and I have talked about this past winter in different times. Uh, deliverance from from uh, things that we've allowed uh, our spiritual enemy to kind of take root and, and camp out in our minds and in in our thoughts and that sort of thing, and it sort of opens us up to potential things. And I know from talking to Robert over the past you know uh, year or so, you know he has some interesting testimony about you know when he. Um, went away to college and and the Lord uh, delivered him from a lot of different things. And um, so that's how we came to tonight's topic. And um, I, I'm going to kind of be quiet for a few minutes and let you guys, why don't you guys jump in? <laughs> okay. Um, well, you know, we talk about healing all the time. And when we think about healing, we think about physical, like if we have a cold, we want to be healed from a cold, or if we have uh, some kind of an illness, we want to be healed from it. We want complete restoration. It's caused by things that we don't see. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about spiritual healing, we call it deliverance. And really, I, I don't know, you guys may disagree and correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I kind of see it almost as not synonymous, but very similar um, that it's caused by something you don't see, the demonic, but it can cause some serious problems for you. And you don't, the thing about when you're sick, you know, your stomach hurts, your head hurts, whatever, you know that you feel the physical pain. You don't always feel the physical effects of spiritual uh, demonic forces that are infiltrating your, your body, your mind, your soul. And it's a lot of times that's why it goes just unchecked. And so, yeah, it is a very important thing and something that most evangelical Christian churches won't discuss. Um, ours is not one of them. I bring it up quite a bit. I'm going to probably bring bringing it up more because it's so important. And I think it's something that we all need to know about. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it can affect you both uh, physically and not, you know, Oh, sure. They're, yeah. They're there in both ways. And, and, uh, and, you know, the one thing about it that I read somewhere and they said that uh, one, and I can't remember who wrote it. It was in a book that I read uh, by a Christian author and um, they said that a large percentage of cancer is actually spiritually based because uh, we have we hold on to unforgiveness and we hold on to strife and we hold on to we we hold grudges and all those sorts of things. And we have bitterness and all that sort of thing. And they said that many diseases and cancer is actually caused by it. But to your point, Phil. Sometimes not. Sometimes we don't see that in the physical, but mm-hmm. it, it torments our mind. Mm-hmm. It affects our 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 lives, our relationships, and that sort of thing. Yeah, right. I, 
I think that one of the things that when, like, for instance, when Wanda was talking about this, I think she mentioned also an understanding of, of the whole person. Like we, we don't, for some reason, we don't actually believe that the spiritual world can affect us physically or vice versa. And the reality is it's all tied together. If you are spiritually rotten inside, it will affect you physically. It will, it will manifest itself in your physical body at some point. It's kind of like if you go to get a stress test, you may not even feel like you're stressed, but your body can tell it. Why? Well, stress isn't something we can see. Like, I don't I'll go, hey, Phil, I noticed on top of your head, the stress level is up here. I can see that. Like, no, it's it's clearly something happening within our soul yeah. that is affecting our physical body. It could literally give us a heart attack. Right. And so, um, you know, I just. And I had a situation like this, Janon's father, he passed away of leukemia and he had been under stress for many, 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 many years. Right. And he was a pastor. And when I asked the doctor, I said, could the stress have caused this? That doctor thought that was just the craziest question. He's like, no, stress couldn't have caused this. And I thought to myself, they probably need a different doctor. Like, because the reality is like, he, he doesn't understand he, he understands the physical body, but he doesn't understand health. And so like what happens is we, we have a situation where we don't always understand wholeness and health. And we don't realize that they all, everything is affected. Everything can be affected. So certainly like we've got to consider this. And when Jesus talks about deliverance, I, I think it's, we, we always like to, as the church world, we always like to give labels to things and all this. Deliverance yeah. isn't the same as healing because of this. Well, no, okay, <laughs> that's all That's all Christianese type stuff. Yeah. Here's, here's the real thing, right? Jesus' ministry is defined by the fact that he is a life giver. He's a rescuer. He rescues us. And so, because we can't save ourselves, right? So he rescues us. Okay, well, that could come in many different forms, right? It, it manifests itself in many different ways. And so I don't know that I want to be the person that can define Jesus's ministry by saying, oh, you know what? He's rescuing you physically, but he's not rescuing you spiritually or the other way around. He's rescuing you spiritually, but not, well, wait a second. Who, who's... Who's cutting that up? Who's deciding that that's the way to go? Because you're not getting that out of scripture, right? You're getting that. That's some that's some study that somebody has done or teaching somebody's given. And I think we have to be careful. Jesus's ministry is simply deliverance. And then there's all these categories that fall into that, right? And so what is the deliverance that he is offering to us while well, he's offering us spiritual physical he's offering us mental right emotional mm -hmm. it's all the above right right he is the rescuer mm -hmm. yeah and robert when you when you told me there a while back at some point uh in one of our conversations earlier this year about when you went off to college when 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 you were young and you know basically that that you basically prayed and asked for Jesus to be your counselor and he came into your life and you said, 
one of the things I remember you saying was he touched a lot of sore spots and he healed you and delivered you from a lot of the of the 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 things that you the torments and the bitterness and and I'm putting words in your mouth but those things and you I remember what you told me you said he touched the sore spots and he said it what it didn't always feel real good but if I you would you told me if I hadn't gone through that I don't think I'd be alive at this point oh that's absolutely right like I I was a very very I was I was a rotten person at a soul level. Like I I was if you were to you couldn't tell it outside, right? No, you couldn't tell anything physically. What you would notice is the reactions, what was coming out of me, right? And and what you could notice is, you know, what my heart was doing. I have no doubt if Jesus did not save me when he did, I would probably not be here today. I was evil to the core. I I would either be dead or in prison or maybe both happened. Who knows? But but the reality is that that's not the story of my life because Jesus rewrote the story. And and I think what's interesting is I, I see that happening in other people. Jesus does that for other people. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I went to college. The one of the things that the Lord showed me is that he had to remove me out of the environment I was in so that I could not go back to it. Not because somehow my family was a horrible situation, but for me to live in that situation and try to be healed through Jesus was not going to happen. It was Mm. too toxic. Mm-hmm. And so if Jesus would have healed me, something toxic would have just poisoned it again. And so I needed to be, so literally Jesus called me away. He called me out of the, out of that situation, called me away to learn him. And yeah. And I asked him to just, you know, reach down and, and, you know, figure this out you know, like, help me out with this. And literally I would spend hours and hours and hours with the Lord. And that's what he was doing is he would literally go into my life. He would start peeling away the layers that I had built up over the years and he would address one of them. Hey, let's talk about this one. Mm-hmm. And then when, when we talked about it, it was, it was either I was ready to let it go or not ready to let it go or in the process of it. Right. And so but Jesus will only deal with what you're ready to deal with. J- just like a good counselor, right? Uh, uh, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit is people don't think of about, about that. He's the counselor, mm-hmm. but that's exactly who he is. He's the counselor. And so he counsels with us. And so here's the thing, right? So the Lord is counseling with me. And what I would notice is that he's only dealing with what I'm allowing. So if, if and Phil, I'm sure Phil as pastoring people and counseling people, you know you can only take them as far as they're willing to go. You 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 can't push them further than what they're willing to go through in counseling. You can only take them so far. Like you have to see them take those steps, or you have to stay in the same place. Like you can't move forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what Jesus was doing. He was literally. Uh, doing this. So just a powerful time at college. It, it took years and it's, you know, there's still things that I'll, I'll think I'm, I've done, I'm done completely with something. All of a sudden something little comes up and I'll go, Oh man, look at that. Uh, and there's still a remnant of it or something like this. 
but oh, from what I was years ago. And I will make this suggestion. I don't know who's watching, who, who may be looking to be delivered, who wants to be rescued by the rescuer. He does do that work. He will take you as far as you're willing to go. But it's very important. And I think this is what Wanda had a problem with. It's very important that you're not focused on the deliverance, but that you're focused on the deliverer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So we get focused on the healing or on the process or on this and that. And that's just the method. That's not the one who's doing the work. Mm. So it's very important if you're wanting to walk in steps of deliverance and healing that you are focused on the deliverer. Mm-hmm. And when that's she awesome. mentioned, I think she yeah. kind of mentioned some of that. And I, I immediately was thinking about Matthew 16. Matt, and I was convicted this week of Matthew 16, even because I was reading a devotion about it. Matthew 16, Jesus takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. And it's literally known as the gates of hell. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. I keep thinking I've learned as much as I can learn about it. And then the Lord shows me something else. And it's a place where it's full of idol worship. It was a place where you could literally go and get any vice you wanted in the Roman world. And it was a place that they had the same problems we had today. Children were dying, drugs were happening. You know, you could dance, you could sing, you could drink, you could um, have sex and premarital sex and, you know, do whatever you wanted to do. It was there. Jesus marches up the hill, takes them right there. It's on Mount Hermon, takes them right up there. And he asked his disciples a very important question that I think he asked everybody. And I think everyone has to come to grips with. He says, who do you say I am? Mm-hmm. The answer to that question will determine whether you're delivered and healed. Because if, if you say that Jesus is anything other than the rescuer, you cannot be rescued. Mm. And so what, what happens is he takes them and he says, who do you say I am? And, of course, Peter has this great moment with the Holy Spirit speaking to him. Right? You're the son of God. You're the one that's come. Yeshua, Messiah. And Jesus is like, good job, Peter. That wasn't revealed to you by men. That was right. revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Right? right. Of course, he has a moment of failure after this. But, but one of the interesting things that I think is important is if you pay attention, this is what was convicting to me. Because I think uh, Wanda was talking about the deliverance in churches too. Like we we hold up different things in churches. Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. I think Jesus builds his church based on the answer to the question. Hmm. Who do you say I am? Hmm. Notice that he's, he's going to, he's going to build his church. The church belongs to him. And it's based on who he is. And when we make it about everything else, see, we end up with all the stuff in our life. Yeah. Right. I can really relate to that. Um, Four or five years ago, I can't remember how long ago now. Um, Well, first, let let me back up. I have known that God was in my life for as long as I can remember, I didn't always know 
it was him. I didn't always understand it, but like things that I would sit back and say, now, how did I get out of that situation? And then years later, I would look back and say, okay, that was God. And I knew that he was there, but I didn't really know who he was. Do you know what I mean? So I, I knew yeah. he was there, didn't really know who he was. And if, about four or five years ago, um, he woke me up at about 3 a.m. And I knew it was him. And I had been learning to discern his voice. And so I went out and sat on the couch and he said, ask me what you've done. And he starts, so I said, okay, what have I done wrong? And he starts revealing all these things that I had either not repented of, or I had not let go of. Um, there was some unforgiveness in there and I just started throwing it all out. But then things started changing for me, but I stayed focused on, like you said, Robert, I stayed focused on the deliverance. I really had a deliverance moment in that, that night. And I started telling people about it and people were seeing that I had this freedom, but I was still not focused on who was doing it mm -hmm. until probably, probably about two years after that, maybe even more. I can't remember for sure, but one time I was like, God, okay, we went through this, you know, and I, I did all these things, but I'm still hanging on to this. He goes, you're, you're hanging on to it is right. Give it to me and let me show you what I will do. And that's when I started to realize, wait a minute, I've been focused on, because my whole life is what has God done for me mm -hmm. and not focused on God himself. Mm -hmm. And when I changed my mindset to start thinking about God and, and him being a true friend, he's not just a box up on the shelf that I pull down every day and put in or take out of. He's here in me. Mm -hmm. And when I started thinking and living like that, that's when I really saw the change. That's mm -hmm. when I really started. And I'm still every day I, I'm asking him for more of that. So, you know, mm -hmm. Wanda kind of said she got addicted to the presence of God in mm -hmm. that video. And I'm like, yes, I know what you mean. Because once I started to realize I've been delivered by the the deliverer himself. And when I focused on him and not the results of his actions, mm -hmm. what a difference. And mm -hmm. you're right. That's, there are too many people who get so focused on deliverance ministry and they're good at it. And they, I'm, praise God that there are people that do it, but yeah, let's, and some people do. I'm not saying that everybody who does deliverance ministry doesn't focus on Jesus, but you know, it's a personal thing. You got to find out what's your, how's your focus on him. That's why he got different answers when he asked that question. Who do you say that I am? Some mm -hmm. say you're Elijah. Some say you're John the Baptist re reincarnated or, you know, he, he got different answers because they were all relating to him differently. And we need to, you know, just boldly ask God, how do I come into your presence and, and know you? Mm -hmm. and be delivered be healed be set on the right path whatever you need but focus on him and it makes a huge difference mm -hmm. and i'm you know still in infancy i'm 53 years old but i'm still in the infancy of truly knowing god in that way because mm -hmm. it's just been in the last couple of years it's mm -hmm. amazing yeah, and it's an innocent mistake to make to to focus on what yeah. we think what we think that you know like to focus on that process and 
and and and not focus on God instead and focus on that process because we we're like man we get studying even in if you're studying in scripture and you're looking in scripture and the scripture says this and I'm going to do it the scripture says that and you you read the exact words and you pray the exact prayers that that were in the scripture and and you know to Robert's point it's like well that's that worked for this person and that's how Jesus you know delivered that person and whatever but we are each individual and unique people that God will deal with in a very individual and unique way. So the way that, you know, that, that God worked in deliverance and each one of you individually is completely different. And it's going to be very different from me or anyone else. Uh, Everybody is very unique and different. The, you know, so if I understand correctly, what you guys are saying is, we need to approach God and and have a conversation with God and say, God, you know, here's these things that I know about um, that I I need your help with. And also, by the way, I need help with the stuff that I don't even really know about. You know, like there's stuff that happened that I don't remember. There's stuff that happened that I, I wouldn't even associate as being a problem in my life that may be a bigger problem than this thing that I think is big. And um, it, it, it's sort of a different uh, sort of a way of saying the plank versus the speck of sawdust. You know, we could we could sit here and look at this, what we think is a plank right in front of us. And God's like, no, nah, that thing you think is a speck of sawdust is actually it might as well be the biggest tree on the planet. <laughs> and it's it's right there on you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the, you know, Chad, we're we're broken. Okay, Mm -hmm. we are broken people and we want we know that and we want to be fixed. Mm -hmm. But the problem is we focus on the fix. Yes. Instead of focusing on who's fixing. And I'm guilty wherever my hand is on my camera. Guilty. (laughs) Yeah. We we still we still fall into the same trap as Adam and Eve. Right. Yeah. Adam and Eve saw the fruit they weren't supposed to have and they desired it. And even the motive is probably wrong, right? I mean, Satan is telling them, hey, you'll be like God. Well, that's that's a normal desire that God's put in us, right? To He's, he's actually playing off of something God already put into humanity, which is we want to be like the Lord. The problem is there's no shortcuts to that. Exactly. And they, yeah. you know, so they, they don't understand that there's no, just eating this piece of fruit is not going to be the answer. Right. And, but he tricked them into thinking that was the good. answer. And so a lot of times we want deliverance. Oh, Wanda brought that up too. We want deliverance and we usually want it quickly, but suffering is involved. Mm-hmm. There is a process of suffering. Uh, it, I'll put it in a financial way. I used to know a, a professor at Regent. His name was um, uh, Marty Williams. And so, Marty, if you're out there, I, uh, I'm going to use your story. <laughs> uh, but she she basically, this is what she said. She said she was talking with the Lord. She had put herself in a credit card debt. And so she put herself in a credit card debt. And she asked for God to keep delivering her. Deliver me, Lord. Deliver me. And the Lord, uh, she, she was getting upset because he wasn't just paying off her credit card debt. She mm. was having to make the payments. And so she was really upset about it. And she finally was like, Lord, what's going on? And so the Lord finally answered her and said, well, I'm going to deliver you the same way you put yourself in it. One step at a time. 
mm-hmm. one payment at a time. And she understood, right? Like, so kind of the, the thought here is like, there was a process to that. That is a deliverance. God, it, the ultimate result of that is going to be deliverance, but there's a lesson to be learned in it. And God never does anything random. We have lessons to learn. And sometimes like suffering, I think, I think we get in our mind, like God is, is what we are humanists. Mm. Like in our mind, in our mind, everything has got to be wonderful. Everything has got to be yeah. pain free. Everything has to happen now. I mean, you know, like there's a certain restaurant that says, have it your way right away. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way we treat like our, our relationship with the Lord. Well, God, don't you want me to have it my way right away? No, God rarely wants any of that ever. It is, it is never my way. And it is hardly ever right away. Uh, I have yet to see the Lord give us something right away, right? And so there's there's usually always a lesson to learn in it. And, uh, and he lets us sometimes go through some consequences to teach us the lesson. But eventually what will happen is the deliverance takes place that way. Now, it doesn't mean God can't deliver people from things in a moment. Sometimes he does. It depends on the situation. But there's a reason for all of it. What I think we have to realize is sometimes there's suffering involved in it. And and usually the even as unfun and unuplifting as that suffering is, and the end result is probably that much sweeter. Well, not just the end result, but even see, like what what is the point that God's trying to show us? His presence is worth it. Mm-hmm. Like the present, like we, we think we think going to heaven is the reward and and it's it's not that's that has uh, the location is not the reward we're going to be sorely disappointed when god brings us back to earth right yeah, and so so like you know the heaven's not the reward right his presence is the reward and we already get to start experiencing that mm-hmm. and so right. when, we, when we fall in love with god's presence we fall in love with who he is See, all the other stuff starts to just drop off. See, deliverance starts happening already. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't even necessarily, sometimes we don't even know how, it just seems to fall off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's just God's life-giving presence, mm-hmm. right? And so the, as, you, as you learn to love the Lord, it's really a love story. And, and I, I, I kind of laugh because people are always like, well, I want to go to heaven and have these things, right? It's like this humanistic idea about all the stuff you get. And God's not telling us any of that. Like yeah. he, his expression to us, not that we aren't going to enjoy everything that's in his kingdom. Obviously, God does things the best and it's always going to be the best. But it's it's like we're missing the, what makes heaven heaven like we're missing the whole point that god's presence is so awesome mm-hmm. and so amazing it's the thing we need and we're missing mm-hmm. and uh and so like why is the why did the lord take all the time to rescue us because that's what's separating us from him mm-hmm. and so you know, you know, we got to be careful in presenting the gospel. Sometimes we make it humanistic. Yeah. Like it's about us, right? Like, as opposed to God's presence is with us again. Like, it's a reconciliation process. I enjoy talking to you guys. I enjoy being in your presence. And so, as a human being, I have a tendency sometimes to 
associate God in the same way. But you know what? I'm not falling down and worshiping you guys. I'm not saying this is the greatest thing ever because I'll move on from you to my wife, to my friends, to my kids, whatever. And so I put God in that mix sometimes, and that's not who he is. Mm -mm. He is so much more. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We got to be careful not to put God in that, what we understand. Lean Mm -hmm. not on your own understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. I'm not, I hope you guys don't feel slighted by me saying it that way, Oh no, (laughs) but God is greater. (laughs) See, Phil, if we were offended by that, then we'd have to be delivered from it. (laughs) 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 But you know, that that's a major point of, of uh, needing to be delivered is that, you know, offense and pride and all these things that, you know, Robert talked about the, the human, the human uh, emotions or human thoughts and feelings. And, you know, we get our feelings hurt and we get jealous and, you know, all these things that we get and um, they're unhealthy things and they're unhealthy thought patterns and unhealthy outlooks. And, and, you know, that's one thing that scripture teaches us is to, to you guys's point is when we focus on God, that stuff, just as Robert said, it drops away, you know, because yeah. we focus on God because we can't count on people, you know, even, you know, as good of friends as we are and as much as, you know, we care about one another and all that sort of thing, you know, we're all imperfect. We have bad days. You know, we have, you know, we go through times where we, we are, our thoughts aren't hundred percent or whatever, but God is always constant. You know, that God is always God. He doesn't change one iota ever. And so when we when we focus on him, we have that steady, reliable, mm. you know, presence that we just can't have with other people. People will let us down. Even our best friends, our very best, uh, you know, our, our wives or women out there, their husbands. I mean, we all know this. Uh, the people we love the most, no matter how much they love us, they're going to let us down just because that's the human way. So we got to, we got to really have that relationship with God and allow him. And I'm going to use an Ianism here, embrace the process. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. It's like, uh, we got to take the selfishness out of Christianity, right? Like it's not about, when I deliverance happens when you get over yourself, mm. right? When you, when you get over yourself and you realize it's about God, it's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. That's right? good. All of a sudden, you are going to become a stronger person because it's most of the time it's not about you, right? It's about God. And so the reality is like what happens is we. And, we, and, you know, we got to be careful as pastors, right? We got to be careful not to pass her out of our desire. Well, mm. people are here as an end for my means. No, no, the church is not mine. It does not belong to me. And it's not based on me. It's on Christ. Whoever you say he is, right? He is. He's going to build his church on that rock. And mm-hmm. so the reality is that um, a lot of times we have to realize we just got to get over ourselves. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's so much stuff we focus about ourselves, and we want God to focus on us so much. 
and he loves us and he's concerned about every detail of our life. But sometimes it's if the deliverance is around the corner, when you realize that you, you got to get over yourself, mm. God is, God is asking you to see a bigger picture, have a bigger thought, dream a bigger dream, right? He's asking you to do something that the world just does not understand mm. because they are, they are the opposite of that, right? They're completely about themselves. And, and they, and they have lots of issues, more people on anxiety medicine, more people depressed, more people, I mean, yeah, because it's all, this is your world, right? The Lord has a different plan. Amen. And I, I really have, you know, I have to get over myself if I want to get to the deliverance, because what happens, and this is going to offend some people, <laughs> what happens is if I don't get over myself, I'm not serving the Lord. I'm serving myself. Mm. And not very well. And not very well. Yeah, right. right? I mean, at that point, what I don't realize is there's little pieces of me that make me God and not him. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to be very careful about that, right? Like this is dangerous. So anything that, like if God were to say something directly to you, let's think about that, right? Like a minister gives a sermon and you are offended. We need to thank God that you're offended and not hard-hearted, right? And the reality is you're offended because that's someplace you're not over. Like you need to get over it. Because that's obviously a place where God is trying to speak to you that you're holding on to that he's not allowed to be in, in your life. Mm -hmm. And you're having a problem, right, with it. And so that's that's kind of the issues, right? Um, so we have to, we have to realize, and that, and it all comes back to that same concept that we're talking about, like focus on the deliverer, not the deliverance, mm -hmm. focus on who Jesus is, right? Who is he? Cause I've met many, many people that say, oh, Jesus is Lord. As long as he doesn't call me to do this, this, that, right. <laughs> right, right. Jesus is Lord. Right? And, and I'm willing to serve the Lord as long as I don't get treated like a servant or as long as I'm not feeling like a slave, right? It's like, well, get over yourself. Jesus wrapped a towel around himself as Lord of the universe and washed his disciples' feet. Right? Are, are you, are we willing to, when that, what that means is like we do foot washing today, but if you really think about it, it would be take the most menial job that a servant would have and go do that for somebody else. Would you go clean their toilet? Right? Would you go right. help them out that way? Or, you know, is that, is that, oh, that's not what it is to be a believer. That's exactly what Jesus was saying. Mm -hmm. So we got to get over ourselves. It's not about the accolades. It's not about these things. It's not about that. It's about him. And mm -hmm. when we, when we understand that and we live, like start living that way, the sky's the limit on what he'll do and deliverance will be yeah. part of that. He yeah. will rescue you from things that, that you never thought you could be rescued from. Absolutely. And, and you know, Robert, back to your point real quick. And I know we're, we're probably well out of time, but Ro Robert brought up, Two minute Robert one. brought <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just make this a one hour episode. Well, <laughs> 
But one thing, Robert, you brought up, or I think you brought up there a minute ago, was people living in anxiety and, and on anxiety and depression medication and all that sort of thing. And, and I can't even, if I had a notebook and paper and I wrote down the number of people that I know, just in my little circle of people that I interact with, that struggle from anxiety and depression and all these things, and they're really struggling in their life. It's a huge number. It, it's yeah, just. Please understand. It, I'm not saying that they should quit taking their medicine and no, they should. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. And no. I, uh, I'm. Yeah, I'm just expressing a general principle that we see arise on that. Right. Like this mm-hmm. is a problem. We're having this problem. Right. And and so and 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 I I don't take medication, but I deal with a lot of anxiety and stress and fear and worry and all these things. And I, I've got junk in my trunk that needs to go. And so that's why this topic is near and dear to me. But there's a lot of people out there. But I think a lot of people are kind of still buying into this untruth. Uh, that's another word for a lie. <laughs> the buying into this lie that they can control their way through their problems and all these things. And because they don't want to you know, do the things that you said, they they don't, you know, they're like, I don't, I, I want to control it. I want to be in control of it. And man, they're controlling themselves right off the cliff. And, and a lot of people, and I'm, I'm to a point fall into that. So I'm not like, you know, saying that, you know, I'm not being hypocritical. There's a lot of us out there that are like, man, we need to let go. We, we really do. We need to, hand Jesus the the keys to the Cadillac here and say, Lord, whatever it takes to fix me, fix me. Yes. And to that point, like to prove that, to show that Jesus's one desire throughout his whole ministry was to please the father. Mm -hmm. He starts before he ever starts his ministry. He empties himself. He, He fasts for 40 days. He puts himself to the point of death. And is tempted and does not fall. At the end of his life, he does the same thing. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's sweating droplets of blood. And Paul refers to this in Philippians as the emptying. That the only thing left in Jesus's life is the will of the Father. Mm. And if we say we want to be that, we want to be like Jesus. That is what our goal is, that the only thing left in our life is the will of the Father. Wow. But there must be an emptying, right? There has to be a kenosis experience, the emptying. Mm -hmm. And the good thing for most of us is that we, we don't have to do what Jesus did because Jesus did it for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that's what and again, the Holy Spirit is the counselor and he's going to help us walk through that. Like we're not alone. He literally is going to empower us to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, we are we're about ready to. We're at our limit. (laughs) So but hey, this is wonderful, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the last few episodes have been really, really good. Um, great conversations, and I almost don't want to quit. 
<laughs> but for the sake of our listeners and viewers, we probably should uh, pull it up here. But this is something I can see as probably bringing up again sometime in the future, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this definitely needs a further discussion sometime in the future. Uh, so, yeah, we won't be here next week. Uh, we'll have a rerun, but uh, we'll be back on, I guess it'll be July 20th, if I'm calculating that correctly, July 20th. Um, so look for us then. So you guys have any final thoughts? I like the practicality. I, I really like what Robert said about we have to focus on the deliverer and not us trying to do a process because we a lot of us get caught up in that process and get tangled in that web and don't yeah. focus on the junk in the trunk give it to him mm-hmm. not, let him take it out mm-hmm. right. yep and how you answer that question who do you say jesus is yeah will mm-hmm. determine the next step you take mm-hmm. that's right wow awesome I'll be asking myself that question tonight. Hmm. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining in. And, uh, you know, if you found something in this uh, video, share it. If you think someone can benefit from this podcast, let them know how to find us. We can be found on any podcast platform. We're on all of them. Um, And we're on YouTube and share it. Let us know what you think. Give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. And come up with a topic that we can stump Chad with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that wouldn't take much. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. This is great talking to you tonight, and we'll see you all again in two weeks. Good night. Night.